Good morning and welcome, Crossroads. It's good to have you here with us again this morning, and welcome back to CMC. It's so good to see you out there, and I encourage you to say hello through the chat this morning to the people around you, and welcome them, because here we are. I'm, I'm actually going to miss the garage. I was kind of like liking the services from the garage and being able to do it there and to see it there, but here we are back in church. We're one step closer to where we need to be. Hey, and Every day, we are one step closer to the coronavirus restrictions being done, and we're able to get back together sooner. So it's coming, gang. We're getting closer and closer to where God has for us to come back together and to celebrate as a family in the body of Christ. So keep praying, keep believing. We're looking forward to that. We are continuing today our series that Pastor Joel started last week on fearless being able to move ahead in life and being fearless in what God has for us and where he wants us to live in the middle of the situations around us. Fear is quite prominent right now. It's happening all over the place. And there were a number of um, surveys and, and questions that were sent out into a number of people over the last while, and some of those responses were really not all that surprising. In one of the surveys that was done, 90% of the people who responded reported increased worry, frustration, anxiety as a result of the ongoing pandemic. People were feeling stress uh, during quarantine and uh, worried about their health, about their employment. Over 70% of the people responded that they were concerned about their finances, being able to continue to pay for their mortgage and their bills, and wondering what's going to happen with their employment as it goes forward. Chil parents of children are stressed out about their kids going back to school in the fall. What's going to happen there? How is that going to work out? Teachers are concerned about going back with the children in the fall and the, everything that's going to take place there. How do you keep kids socially distanced? How do you keep kids from sneezing on you? How do you keep those things from happening? And those are very real, very legitimate questions and concerns that we have. But the Bible tells us that we are not to live in fear. And that's really what we're talking about here over the next few minutes today. To know that God's love and grace and power for us is able to take us to the, beyond the place where we are full of fear and full of worry and to move us into a place of fearlessness. Fear really is a prediction of the future or a concern of the future as to what might happen to us. It's not something that's necessarily happening. It's what might happen to us. And so we're afraid of what might happen. We're afraid of what might take place. We're afraid of how this all might come together, how I might get the coronavirus. Someone I love might get the coronavirus. And so we're consumed with that fear. How is that going to work out for me and for my family? Am I going to be able to pay my bills? And for us to look around us and to see the situations that we're facing, it's easy to understand why people feel that way. But the reality of God's word is that God says that he's got it in control and he is our peace. And we're going to look at that a little bit more. But first, I want to put things into a bit of perspective for you so you can understand and see how some of this comes together. And some of you may have seen this illustration before, but I'm going to do it again because I think it works very well for us. i got a piece of rope here. And I want you to use your imagination. You've got to use your imagination right now for just a little bit. I want you to imagine that this rope that I've got goes here and it goes out through the window of the church 
and then goes all the way around the world and comes back in over here and then goes out again and it keeps going around and around and around and around the world again and again and again like a big ball of yarn and that rope continues to go and it continues to go around in fact it never stops going around that rope really is a example of what eternity is it doesn't stop it keeps going it keeps going around forever eternity just continues to go on forever now on this piece of rope i've put a piece of black tape and that black tape represents your life represents my life it's a short piece of time in the eternity of the rope that goes around and around and around forever. That little piece is what we are a part of. But the, the decisions that we make during that piece of time, during that little part of time, determine what happens from this point on for eternity. This, this is the decision point for us. This, this little bit that we have here, this life that we have here, determines what's going to happen for the rest of eternity for us as we live the life that we, and we make the decisions that we face in this world. Whether or not we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and dedicate our lives to Him will determine what happens for the rest of eternity. But on this little piece of tape, and I don't know if they can pick it up well with a camera or not, you, hopefully you can see a white line. And on that white line, that represents the coronavirus. It's actually too wide, but I had to make it wide enough so that you could see, hopefully see it. It's just a little slice of time. Right now, it seems like the most important thing in our lives. It seems like the absolutely most oppressing and important thing for our lives is how we're going to deal with this, how we're going to get past this, how we're going to make it work and go forward in it. We feel the pressure of it on us right now, but in reality, it's just a little slice of where we are. Now, please don't misunderstand me. Understand me. I am not minimizing the impact. The coronavirus is deadly, and it can kill people. We've had 189 deaths in BC as a direct result of the coronavirus. We have a population of about 5 million. But it does kill, and there have been 189 deaths. But right now, that little white line, for many people, is what is dominating their lives, dominating our thought patterns, dominating what we see. And I just, I wanted to do this to help you see, it's just a slice. It's just a slice of our life. It's just a slice that in it is not even necessarily a part of our eternity, but it can have an impact on how we live our lives that we have in the, in the remainder of the tape that's there, in the remainder of the little black piece that is in this wrap of eternity. We live now in a place and a time where God is has a, giving us an opportunity to move and to move ahead in what he has for us. We're going to take a look in the book of Joshua this morning. Over in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, 
And we're going to read just a few verses there because it's a time where God is now going to take the people of Israel from wandering the desert for 40 years and he now says, okay, you're going to go into your promised land. Let's read it and we'll get some lessons there that will help us to understand what God wants us to do and what God wants us to take along the way. Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, my son, my servant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river of the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, we need to understand what's taking place with Israel here to be able to understand the impact and how it actually relates to where we are today. The people of Israel had been led by God out of Egypt, out of the bondage of Egypt, across the Red Sea, on that trip now to get to the promised land. That trip should have taken them 11 to 12 days. It's not that long a walk. And they should have been able to get there in 11 or 12 days. When they got there the first time, they, people had been traveling with Moses, and they had seen the plagues of Egypt. They'd seen God open up the Red Sea. They'd seen God care for them along the way. But when they got to the promised land, they got a report saying, oh, the people that live there, they're big and strong and ugly, and, and we don't want to mess with them because they'll tear us up, and to them we look like grasshoppers, and so this is going to be a horrible place to go, and they'll just destroy us. And so the people began to freak out about what might be. They said, hey, I, I don't want to go into that. This is horrible. I, you know, I, I don't want to face that. I, I'm not going to go into that. I don't want to go in and go through the problems. It was really good. Things were going really good when, you know, God parted the Red Sea for me, and I didn't have to worry about that. That was easy. I could handle that one. And when God provided water for me when we needed it, that was good. I could handle that one. But now God's saying I need to go into a place where these people are big and strong, and there's something that might come against me and might cause me problems might cause me harm and you want me to go into that Uh, -uh, I'm not going there and so God said okay and he let them wander and so for 40 years they wandered a trip that should have taken them 11 or 12 days they're now wandering for 40 years and yet in those 40 years God was gracious to them he continued to feed them he continued to give them water in fact, the soles of their shoes never even wore out. 
They continued to survive beautifully by God out there. And now until all of those who were descendants or, or who were against going in the first time into, uh, into the promised land, so they, all the ones who said, no, we're not going in. No, we're not going to get there, including Moses, until they all died. Now there was a new generation. This generation only knew wandering in the desert. This generation only knew not having a home. They had everything provided for them. Everything was given to them all along the way, but they still were wandering. And now they come to the promised land, and they say, God's going to lead us in again. And Joshua says, we're going to take it. The people responded differently this time. They said yes. And why did they say yes? Because they knew that God was with them. They knew it. There, There was no doubt in their minds that God was with them. They'd seen him lead them by the pillar of fire at night and the cloud at day. They'd seen him feed them They'd seen God correct them and guide them, but continue to love them as they moved through all of the changes that took place over the last 40 years. And now they said, yes, now I'm going to go. Now I'm going to go into that journey. They had come to the place in their lives where on that rope, where that little portion of tape, that, that black portion of eternity that they were living, they said, yes, now I'm, I'm not going to... St- and wander. I'm not going to struggle. I'm not going to be in fear anymore. I'm going to take God at his word and move into where we are going. I need to take God at his word. And so the first thing that they did was just that. As Joshua led them, they believed what God had said. And let's look at at some more at what God actually said to them. He said, get ready. I'm going in there and I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to work it out for you. I'm, you're going to have to do some stuff, but I'm going to give you the land. I'm going to give you what you're needing. I'm going to give you the, and fulfill the promise that I've already placed before you. The promise of God that I have given to you will be fulfilled. And all you have to do is to step forward into it. There's the key. Until we learn to step forward through the problems, until we start to say, hey, there's a problem in front of me, I don't know what to do, we need to learn that we have to step forward. And until we do that, we do not enter into the really good things that God has. Because fear does this. Here's what fear how works in our lives. Fear, fear will cause us to freeze. It'll, it'll just like, I don't know what to do. And we have this panic that grows up inside of us. We have this, this panic that, that really starts to bubble up and, and, and create problems inside of us. It's, it's really causing us to get all upset about what might be and what could be. And so there's, there's anxiety in us. You know, fear and anxiety are wrapped up very much together. The Bible often translates the word fear, the word anxiety is to fear, and fear and anxiety, it's, it's often somewhat interrelated throughout scripture. But in the process of what God's teaching us, all of it is about what is going on inside of you. And here's where fear takes place. Fear is not what's out there. Fear is what's in here. Here's where fear comes from. It comes from what we're thinking about what's going on and what we let get down into our hearts. So fear goes up into here and then travels down 
into here, into this part of me. So all of a sudden now, I'm all upset, and I'm worried about what's going to happen and what's going to take place and how I'm ever going to be able to get through this. And, and yes, there's only been a very few people who've actually died from it, but what if, what if, what if, what if? And that's fear. Fear is the bunch of what ifs. And if we're living our lives and we're going through our life continually on the what ifs that of our life, that one portion that will determine the rest of our eternity. If our life is filled on the what ifs about the negative, we will stumble and we'll become immobile and we will not do anything to move ahead. It would be easy for the people of Israel now as they come again up to the, go into the promised land again for them to say, hey, I don't want to go there Everything's been going good. I don't want to mess it up. Let's just stay here. But they knew that if they were going to experience all that God had for them, they had to push through. You see, when we are now in this place of the, of the dealing with the pandemic, this right now for you and for me is an opportunity for us to grow like never before. There's an opportunity, particularly right now, if you are feeling stressed and fearful and worried, you've got an opportunity now to grow like you never have before in your life. Because there's too many things going on around us that we have absolutely no control over. And that's what freaks a lot of people out sometimes is that I can't control this. I can't, you know, I I can't control this. I can't control it for my family. I can't control it for my elderly parent. I can't control it for my kids. I can't control this. And so that creates a lot of the fear and a lot of the stress for us. But the Bible tells us that our trust is to be in the Lord, that he is the one who gives to us peace. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. Not you're going to get around you from what you're seeing around you, but it starts differently within you. And this is where we have an opportunity to grow. You've got an opportunity to grow. You have an opportunity to grow within yourself. And as you grow within yourself, you start to see and understand God's plan. But it starts with listening to what God has to say. Listening to what he's saying to you. And understanding who he is. He's a God who keeps his promises. He keeps his promises all the time. And it's, it's, it really is uh, important for us to know that we can trust what God has said. Because fear and worry are not reality. They are imagined and perceived outcomes. They're not real yet. And we get strung out on the what ifs. But God tells us the what is. And so that we have a choice to make. It really is a matter of our choices. You can choose the what ifs or you can choose the what is. And so we struggle through to make sure that we are being what we need to be. That's why in the verses here, in in Joshua chapter 1, God tells them, be courageous. Be courageous. Be brave. Don't be weak. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. You know, that word strong in the Hebrew means to overcome. It means, that's what it means. It's not just strong. It's like overcome. It means overcome. Courageous, that has to do with with winning. 
that has to do with a a championship. It has to do with uh, uh, defeating the enemy. Be strong and courageous. You will go through. It's not about the physical enemies that God was talking to them about. It was about the spiritual battles. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not. This is not about politicians. This is not about... um, Doctors, it's not about anything like that. It's about a spiritual battle. We're told that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan wants to do that to you and to me. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. He wants to wipe us out. He wants to obliterate us from the face of the earth. He wants us to get desperate and to turn our backs on God. He wants us to not believe what God has said to us and for us. He wants us to be pushed down and squashed down. And he wants us to sit in fear. Satan cannot come, if you've committed your life to Jesus Christ, the devil cannot come and steal you back from God. But he can make you ineffective. And that's what he wants to do to us. He wants to make us ineffective by making us sit in fear, afraid to move. And so we come up and God says, be strong, be courageous, because I'm with you you're going to be going through some very difficult times. But be strong and courageous, for I am with you. You will be going through some things that are opposition. There are going to some things that are going to come against you. But be strong and courageous, for I am with you. He said, it's not going to go the way you always planned. Now, a year ago, do you think anybody planned this? Do you think anybody even foresaw that we would be in this place right now and and dealing with all the things that we're dealing with? Uh Uh-uh, this is all brand new stuff, and it's all strange stuff to us. And so in that process, though, God knew already what was coming. He said, I am with you. Be strong, be courageous. Let me lead you the way that you need to go so that I can take you through here and I can make you stronger because we get stronger when we start to put our faith in God as opposed to letting ourselves get wrapped up in the what-ifs. What if there's a resurgence of the COVID-19? There might be. What if schools are closed again in the fall? They might be. What if there's a complete shutdown of the economy and we're, we're stuck in our homes again and we can't go anywhere or do anything? There might be. But you don't know that. You don't know that that's going to happen. You don't know what we're going to face. Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 6 says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries about, of its own. He said, focus on today. Today's got enough problems. And when you focus on today, you start to focus then, you can also focus more easily then on what Jesus says about his love, his care, where he says, be strong, be courageous. I will be with you. I will help you. I will take you. I will make you cause you the way to go. Fear and worry poisons our Christian life. It really does. It, it, it weakens our faith. It causes us to pull back and to pull away and to shut down in what God has for us. I'm not saying ignore the reality of the problems that are out there. That's not what this is about. 
we are talking about in the middle of the facing the reality and the problems, we learn to grow. Paul talked about this over in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 10. He is struck now in this place where he has been. Let me just read it to you. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he, rescued, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. Now, if you read the, just the first part of that, that doesn't sound like Paul. He says, you know, we were crushed, overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. That doesn't sound like Paul. The great champion of faith, be strong, go forward, you know, declare the victory of Jesus and everywhere you go, and, and, and sitting in the prison cell with Simon uh, and, and just with Silas, sorry, with Silas sitting in prison, worshiping God in the middle of that problem. That doesn't sound like Paul. Oh, man, it was rough. We were beaten, knocked down, and we thought we were going to die. Do we get distracted? Do we get fearful sometimes? Do we get struggling sometimes? Yes. We're not denying that. There's no condemnation in saying that we will struggle. But look what Paul then said beyond that. But as a result, get that? But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. So he's saying, even if we were to die, God could have raised us back up. Uh, his faith all of a sudden just goes, it's back up again. And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and we, he will continue to rescue us. This is not about the coronavirus the situation we're in. It's really not. That's not the key element for us as Christians. That's not the key element that will determine how our future goes, gets played out. It's not the key element that will determine how our lives will be lived. The key element for us right now is do you trust Jesus Christ to be with you in the middle of it all? That's the challenge. And that's what Paul was talking about there. Do you believe that God is going to be with you in the middle of this as you're going through it? That's what God was speaking to Joshua back in the book of Joshua. I will be with you. He says twice there, I will be with you. I'm not going to leave you alone. You are not alone. I will be with you. All I ask of you is that you within yourself, you decide now to be strong and courageous and you take steps ahead to do what I ask you to do and to live the way I want you to live. Right now, you and I have the opportunity to make a difference in the lives of so many people around us. We have an opportunity to touch them with truth and with peace and with the reality of God because if we are able to live at peace, I'm not overwhelmed by this virus. 
I'm not overwhelmed by the, the distraction of what the enemy is doing. I'm not overwhelmed by, by all of this. I, I, you know, in fact, I am right now living knowing that I can trust that God is in control. And they may look at you and go, what's wrong with you? You know, you're, you're, what's wrong with you? You should be worried, worried about it. How are you going to pay your bills? What's going to happen? What if somebody else dies? What if everything else is going on around us? I trust God. And when they say peace, when they see peace in us, they start to understand there's something different about what we have. And in the middle of this now, we can grow. God never does anything without using it to teach us about something for later on in our lives. There's lessons for us here about trusting him, about working with people around us, about sharing truth with people around us, about digging into God's word, about what we, what we really rely on, whether it be the politicians or the doctors or whatever, what do you, we really rely on in the midst of all of it. Or do we rely on the word of God and the promises and truth of God that will take us and move us to where he wants us to be? God doesn't waste anything. Coronavirus did not surprise him. He was aware of it and he's not wasting it. He's using this opportunity for you and for me and for Christians everywhere to understand what it means to take a stand and to trust in Jesus Christ and to be able to live a life that is fearless in where God wants to take us and what God wants us to do. It's, it's an opportunity to be bold. Joshua and the people rose up. God said, I'm going to take you. I'm going to lead you. I will be with you. Be strong. Be courageous. Step forward. Let your fears be put in the context of God being God and move ahead in what I have for you. And they went and they entered into the promised land. And as they did, their very first victory in the promised land was Jericho. The destruction of the city that stood in their way. And they didn't even have to fight the battle. They just had to do what God told them to do. So what is God telling us to do today? God tells us to do some very simple things. Number one, trust him. Trust God with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but trust in who he is and what he wants to do in your life. Trust that he is with you, that his promises in the word are true, that his care for you is great, that he's not going to abandon you, that he's not going to leave you behind, that he's not going to forget about who you are. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 62 and 8. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is your refuge. And then Psalm 91. You need to read Psalm 91. Come on. You need, that's something whenever you get stressed and worried about, take Psalm 91, read it, read all of it. Powerful, beautiful Psalm. But let me just read you two verses from it. Verses five and six. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. For I am with you. For I am with you. Know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, 
the Old Testament, today and forever. The promises that God gave to the people, to his people, as they were going into the promised land, the promises that God gave in the book of Psalms and other places there are all there for us today. The love of Jesus, where Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and be able to have it to the full. Not controlled by the coronavirus, but knowing that in the middle of every situation you are facing, there is peace and joy for you, and you can live fearlessly in the middle of it. Know that living fearlessly does not mean that we are arrogant or disruptive, but we live a life that is an example of being at peace with God. We are at peace with who he is and with what he's saying. We're at peace with where he wants us to go. We're at peace to be able to go ahead. So we trust God. We trust his word. We spend time committing and submitting ourselves to him. You need to be, we all need to be, spending time with God every day. And and I have to say it again. If you're spending more time watching the news than you are with God, you're in trouble. Guaranteed, 100%, you are in trouble because you will be filled with fear and worry about all that sort of thing. I had a friend who decided, when he was on his Twitter feed, he following all these people, and he decided he was going to send out a Twitter on all of these follow, people he's following on their timelines. And he said, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus Christ. I believe that he is the answer to everything that we are facing. He is the answer to the coronavirus. He is the answer to people who are stressed out. He is the answer to this the whole process with the racial tensions that there are. I believe in Jesus Christ. From the responses he got back, including from the people whose timelines he was on, he said, I've decided who I'm not going to put my stuff on timelines anymore. I've decided who I'm not going to follow anymore on Twitter. I'm just going to follow Jesus because those I am following are not people that I want to follow. If they're coming with that kind of hatred and that kind of anger and that kind of attack against me because of what I believe, I'm not going to spend my time there. I'm going to spend my time following those who will follow me, who will follow Jesus, and I can work with, and they and I can work together to see what God wants to do. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Spend time with the Lord. Know that God's leading you and guiding you and loving you. He's with you every step of the way. God is with you. God is for you. So this morning, as you look at your life and you know that it's just, you recognize it's just a little bit in eternity that goes on forever. And this issue of great stress right now is just a little bit of that. Don't let it overwhelm you to the point where your eternity now becomes, or the rest of your life here becomes warped and you're not able to live and do and be everything that you want to in your life that will impact your eternity the way God wants it to. And if you're watching this this morning and you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, you cannot have the supernatural peace of Jesus without yourself committing yourself to him. You have to have that relationship with him. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus never gave us a set of rules. He gave us a matrix of relationships that we need to build. And he teaches us how to build those relationships. And the primary one is with him. 
That is where we can have the peace and how we can have peace. And if you would like to know more about how to do that and you're watching this morning, you can just, there's an opportunity in the section down there to ask for a prayer. I invite you to do that. And someone who is watching right now will talk with you this morning and show you how you can become at peace with God and know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he is there and working with you in your life. And he will help you through everything that you're facing. Be blessed, my friends. Know that God's working with you, that God's working for you, that God has not abandoned you, that his love and grace and goodness is on you today where you are, and he's surrounding you with that goodness. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you that as you took the people of Israel and led them into the promised land, you surrounded them with your power, with your peace, with your goodness, and you guided them all along the way so that in every conflict that they had against those who came against them and whatever came against them, God, you always led the way in the battle and all they had to do was obey to find the peace and victory of you in their lives. And Lord, so it is with us. I thank you for that. I thank you that you love us that much, that you want to guide us through this, that you want to get us through this whole stressful time in the history of the world. I, want, I thank you that you're, you're, you are an overcoming, loving God. I thank you that it is your power that we can rely on in the middle of all of this. Father, I pray that you now will speak your peace and goodness to each one, that your grace will overflow, that we will know how much you love us, And that, Father, we will release our fear and we will come to you and trust you so that we can approach what comes against us fearlessly with strength knowing that we're not in it alone. Our God is with us. Our God is guiding us. Our God is helping us. I thank you, Lord. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We are going to take an offering here as well, and you can, there'll be a bunch of information across the bottom of the screen and at the end of this as well to show you how you can give. We have a number of ways you can give. Thank you for your faithfulness. As you know, because we can't get together, we can't do our normal kind of offering things, but we still have expenses, we still have staff, we still have to pay for some of the property and the taxes and all those sort of things that we need to do to keep going, to be able to continue ministry, to reaching out to people. And the church has been very effective in reaching out to helping people who needed the extra help over the last while. The the generosity of, of you and the generosity of the church is impacting our community. And we thank you for your willingness and your ability to help us with all of those things. So be blessed. Let God be with you. Let his hand be on you in every way and know that God is with you today. Be fearless knowing that God is going to give you the victory. Have a great week, my friends.